Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Every Brown Girl podcast. It's been a minute since I've been on here, um, but today we're going to have an incredible show. I have a wonderful special guest. She is a Brampton native. She is an artist. She's a muralist. Uh, She's been featured in CB24 Breakfast, CBC Arts, uh, Desi News, Sharpie HuffPost, Brown Girl Mag, uh, you name it. She's also done incredible work and installations for companies on Shark Tank. The Happy Place, City of Brampton, The ROM, TEDx, Do I Say More? Guys, I would love you to really show some love to my guest, Jasmine Panu. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, I love that you're here today. You look gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The wind wasn't so kind. The to wind me today. <laughs> was harsh. Like, Toronto's doing that thing where it's like coming off of that really, really, it's like, it's summer but like the winds are harsh you know what i mean <laughs> i feel like we all want it to be summer and we're <laughs> like trying so hard to manifest it just the collective yes. is just saying like yeah it's still summer but truly it's, it's fall it's, it's fall yeah. i mean you've got you've got your pumpkin spice latte leggings on this and is- you've got on a full shirt it's exactly a full shirt, so. <laughs> i'm ready to accept fall just are like you anyway. oh i am such a deep person <laughs> i'm i'm not there yet <laughs> when were you born october october 4th actually october 4th uh, coming up. that is incredible what yeah. sign are you then what sign? Yeah. Libra. Libra. I am a Leo. I was born in July. July. Yeah. <laughs> July. The- J- July 27th. July 27th. Yes. Okay. I have a few Leos in my yeah. life. <laughs> are, they, are they men or are they women? Men and women. My men. grandma's a Leo and my okay. partner's a Leo. So Ooh. it's like... um. I think I feel like I know the sign very intimately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people say like women Leos are a certain way and then like men Leos are like the worst of the Leos and like it's just it's I've heard things and I've also gotten that like I'm not like all a Leo like I I am a Leo but like I've got different different levels of like the moon rising and like yeah. I don't know the the intricacies the intri- intricacies of all of it um but do I say less um we're gonna get into it today um Jasmine is an incredible artist she has done such amazing things for the community um but um she I mean you've always been an artist how did you kind of get started because I know that you started uh henna when you were around 16 mm-hmm. and you come from a corporate marketing background Yeah, so I I definitely (laughs) didn't have a linear path to it. Like, I speak to some people who are like, yeah, my entire life, you know, when I was like five years old, it just hit me. (laughs) I'm like, that's nice, but... At at five, to have something, like, hit you like that, I mean, I wish, but no. (laughs) Yeah, well, I feel like, you know, like, there's always, like, undertones of something, and I feel like that's the beauty of kind of, like, a life well-lived. Right. And we were just talking about, prior to to us um, taping now, it was, uh, like, just how we make plans for things, right? And I think there's so much beauty in just letting life happen. So I kind of like, I love looking back and knowing I've done so many different things. And I love to say like, I feel like, even though I'm just in my late 20s, <laughs> I feel like I've lived so many different lives already. Like the corporate life, the art life, entrepreneur life. Um, but going back to your question, it kind of like, I was I was always painting. I was always drawing. I, I always had these things kind of going for me at a young age, but then it kind of dropped off at some point, and I'd say maybe about high school, um, actually late elementary school is when the narrative really started kicking in, you know, like, oh, you don't actually make any money from art. And I was like, ooh, I definitely am the type of person who needs money. <laughs> <laughs> don't, amen. It's, al- it's always that thing, something hits us where we're always like, the thing that you love to do, guess what? You're not going to make any money from it. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> I know, you know, but like the thing I'm passionate about most now and the reason I do like these podcasts and I do a lot of artist talks and stuff like that is, and I do a lot of workshops with schools as well. Kids should not 
and be privy to that information. Even if an adult like straight on believes that to be the truth, which it is not the truth first and foremost, but even if they did truly believe that was the truth, why are you going around and telling children this? <laughs> so anyways, at some point I kind of like backed off of art a little bit and I thought I'd have more of um, a conventional life path, right? Um, but also concurrently, um, when I was 16, I was doing henna and that was just something, you know, like, again, like I had always painted and drawn and I'm South Asian. So henna was one of those easy arts that you're kind of exposed to. And it's something that you can teach yourself. Mm. You have the materials, you see other people do it. So I got into that and then just word of mouth, I was, I had a pretty big business at that time. So I paid for quite a bit, like just using my henna money (laughs) and I was 16 I was doing henna and I would make like several hundred dollars in an evening yeah that is incredible the next day I would have to go work I think I was working like price shoppers (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh R.I.P. price (laughs) shoppers only real Canadians would know price shoppers I love it but I would go in and I would work my minimum wage job and I would just be like come on like are you kidding me <laughs> i could be doing so many other things exactly. than working at price shoppers right now <laughs> so it's funny because like the thing that deterred me from art was there's no money but what i was actually finding was there was so much more money in art than there was in you know like what i what was available to me at that time so then i pursued art a little further i started posting things on etsy and that turned into people commissioning me for like art pieces on their walls uh that turned into murals and then I ended up pursuing something completely different in university. <laughs> As we all do, because that pressure yeah, comes, exactly. right? I, I actually got into art school for university, and then I changed. I chose something else. I think it was just a week or two prior. And, I, you know, again, but in hindsight, I'm so glad that I went through the, th- the things that I did. And I am so glad I also worked in corporate marketing after university because it really set me up for success. It taught me so much about your day-to-day business stuff that I feel like if I didn't know that and if I just had the artistic techniques, I would not have a lucrative business. I would not be able to do this full time. So I think that's incredible to even talk about because sometimes when we think creatively, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily always think about the business. And for whatever reason, now more than ever, people are realizing, okay, I can be a creative, but I need to find a way to monetize what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And even from you, like just doing henna and realizing, okay, like this is lucrative for what I'm currently doing right now. I love it, but I'm making more money than I would be working a regular minimum wage job. And then also having that background, um, go out in university as well I think is incredible um but what would you say like say for example you didn't necessarily go to Mm -hmm. university for that do you think you would be at where you're currently at right now no (laughs) (laughs) long story short (laughs) because there are so many talented artists out there so many you know and it always breaks my heart when I do go to gallery shows or I have a gallery show with fellow artists and um they're so talented, man. Like there are times where I'm so intimidated just looking at their work, but then you speak to them and they're not actually making any money off of it. Like they can't sustain themselves. They're either working a full-time job and they're not able to make enough with their art that they can transition or alternatively, um, they're making little to no money. So it's not even an option for them at that point. And it sucks because again, you see all this raw talent, right? And that's what the world needs. The world needs more talented people, needs more passionate people. They have the talent, they have the passion, but they're missing the business acumen behind it. Um, So I feel like I've been so lucky in being exposed to so many different aspects. And 
sure, if I went to art school, I might be able to speak to it, uh, speak about my art in a more eloquent way, and maybe I wouldn't make such a fool of myself when I do gallery shows. <laughs> Girl, trust and believe. I bet half of those people that are even like talking sometimes are just trying to finesse it, anyways. Like, you, you know what? I like. I kind of feel like an outsider in that regard, and I I do feel that way sometimes. I'm like, come on, you're, this is a, like you're kidding, right? You're pushing <laughs> it. Like you're really pushing it. Like is you're anybody else looking? Yeah. Is anybody else buying this right now? Because this is some bullshit. <laughs> That's too funny. Right. <laughs> I love it, though. I love that now more than ever, people are just kind of, you know, realizing that there's an opportunity to have that business background. It's not necessarily even if you do go to art school or you do whatever, it's important now that you have some extra something. You mm -hmm. need something in order to like say, OK, yeah, this is my business. This mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. This is what I'm making money because, you know what they say? If your business isn't making any money, you really don't have a business. You know what I mean? In that kind of sense. But and another thing that I do talk to aspiring artists about is I get a lot of questions saying like, hey, um, you know, should I quit my job to do art full time? Right. And then at that point, we have like the next question is how are your finances right if they say and i know that's not a romantic question but again like business is business right ultimately you want to live a life where your whatever you're doing is making you a living because you never want to be in a compromising situation and that's why i bring up finances sometimes it is actually best to hold on to your full-time job or your part-time job so that when you do go in on your entrepreneurial um journey whenever you are a creative entrepreneur whatever it is you're selling whether it's a service or art print or whatever it is um you should have the power to say no and if you're always having to take on jobs just because you're now financially insecure then you're going to burn out real quick all that passion all that zest you have it's going to go down the drain because you're saying you're having to say yes to things that you don't necessarily want to do so I find it really important to have yourself financially secure and then to go in on your craft. And especially because a lot of people as creatives, we take things really personally and we're super sensitive. <laughs> Amen. Amen, yeah. sis. The minute somebody tells me that, hey, can you just change the color of this thing because I don't like it or like change the way yeah. something is rearranged, you're like instantly feel like you're attacking me. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you don't like what I've done. Um, I'm whatever. But uh, if anyone's just telling me, it's just you have to be able to just take that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Especially if it's like the client. You yeah. can't tell them, no, this is how it's supposed to be. I mean, some people do and some people get away with it, but. And I'm not saying you're going to have like the best clients every day of your life. That's just unrealistic. But what you should set yourself up for is flexibility. You should have the flexibility to say yes to projects that are aligned with where you want to grow in your business. Right. And you should also have the flexibility to say no, even if something's paying well, if you don't feel like it fits into your goals or your aspirations for your business. So that's where financial security comes into play. And again, I know it's not romantic, <laughs> but it has to be talked about. It does. Yeah. And I love that you spoke about it. I think it's important to like say it, especially from mm -hmm. your background. You're so successful and everything you do is from an art background. But at the same time, finances are super important. Mm -hmm. um, so what was it like um, during your first art show? And then what also was it like being able to sell out during your first art show like what, what was that like explain to me so my first art show was intimidating so intimidating I, I knew nothing of what to expect especially because I didn't go to art school um and I had like no art friends <laughs> so it was like you know kind of going into something blind I learned so much I learned you know you should probably bring your own lighting uh, you should probably find out about the venue beforehand it turned out to be this dimly 
lit room <laughs> and there were artists in essential like every you'd walk five feet and there was another artist with their entire setup yeah it was like it was i still know some of the people that i met at that very first art show so it's great for that purpose but again like because we don't want to be starving artists you can't do stuff like that all the time you make that mistake once you make it twice that's fine but you can't continuously go to art shows that where you're not selling and you're just quote-unquote networking because I don't feel like there's that much value there especially in that sense of like the networking thing like it's cool to be able to exchange numbers and like exchange mm -hmm. contacts and stuff like that but like you said if it's not if it's not generating into anything then again what are we what's what's kind of what we're doing exactly and that's another big thing about uh, the art industry as it is today what's happening basically is galleries are not up to date with the day and age that we're in which and they're not bringing in qualified buyers to their art shows a lot of time so it's you're in this weird place where a lot of times some of these like quote-unquote art shows that are don't have that much credibility behind them they're targeting new artists and they're saying hey um either this is your booth fee but again they're brand new they, they're not bringing in a qualified audience so you're gonna pay that money and you're just basically gonna lose that money or alternatively they're gonna say hey uh you need to sell 20 tickets and each ticket is worth this amount so again ultimately you're generating money for them and they're not giving you the audience they're not giving you buyers right so that's kind of a tricky place to navigate but anyways after i went through a few of these <laughs> and the um, learning curve of it all yeah i had i had just a fantastic art show at the royal ontario museum and that was definitely a career highlight as well um it's i had the entire rotunda um uh, room which was so beautiful and I was able to do two installations one was a Rangoli installation another was a wings installation and then I had my art pieces up as well and that experience like I met so many people but that kind of networking was the people I met led to dollars in my pocket which is the only type of networking I'm concerned with now <laughs> do you think it was because it was the ROM and it Absolutely. was such a big account like that uh, for like sure because it's the credibility right you piggy you piggyback off of their credibility people assume they see you in the ROM they're like hey you've made it and like it's not always accurate because at that time I was like only half knowing what I was doing <laughs> but like, like I said you got to finesse it you got to let people know oh, like yeah. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo I'm a professional hire me pay me a thousand dollars plus <laughs> no totally you know it's all about that and it's funny you say like a thousand bucks I remember like when I first started out that number was something that I I wasn't even sure could be hit and now like my goals are like in the double digits and the triple digits and stuff like that. So it's it's unreal, right? Like I remember when I first started out, I'd be like, ooh, can I sell this for 100? Ooh, can I sell this for 500? Do you feel like you and were lowballing yourself at that point or you were just kind of like seeing who was gonna... You know, I've done both. I've lowballed myself, but I've also like been like a little too cocky. <laughs> so and I think like everybody has to go through that before you find your balance and you are able to justify your price based on your experience. Um, the quality of your work, all that kind of good stuff. So I'm feeling really good about my prices. They're very consistent at this point. But again, you have to go through that yourself. <laughs> Amen. Um, I remember that you had written a quote kind of saying, you know, your first goal was to be able to live off your art. Mm -hmm. uh, second was to match your salary and now make more than you could in a lifetime of salaries. Mm hmm are you, do you still feel the same? Do you still feel like that's something that you're attaining currently right now? 
I read that you like risked your mortgage for that. <laughs> like that's crazy. So yeah, so uh, I was working in corporate marketing. I had a really good salary, and um, and then there was just a point in time where I just realized I need to make the change now. It's a good time because I'm already matching a percentage of my salary. So I know that I have the financial security. I can say yes to things I want. I can say no to things that I don't want. And I can I can afford to give myself six months or a year. And that's what I gave myself. Um, when I left corporate, I didn't tell anybody for like three months that I had left, <laughs> family and friends wise, because I didn't want the unsolicited advice. And I'm really glad I did that. I know it's that's not suitable advice for everybody, but that's the way it worked for me. Because again, entrepreneurs, creatives, you're a little sensitive. <laughs> it's like, you need to it's, protect yourself, okay? <laughs> you have, it's this thing. I don't know what it is. Like as soon as you like put something, you put your heart out to there. And no matter what you do, you're always putting your heart out there. Yeah. The minute somebody says anything, you're like, please don't say anything. <laughs> I'm so fragile right now. <laughs> please. You don't know how long I worked on this. Or they say something bad and then you're just fishing for compliments yeah. after that. <laughs> I'm fishing for all of them. Me too. Give me a rod me immediately. <laughs> so to everybody listening, we're open to compliments. <laughs> yes, please send them all. I used to have this thing where I never used like some, I think a friend of mine or like an ex-boyfriend was like, you don't know how to accept compliments. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm the type of person, I don't like when people are like complimenting me on things. But like now, I feel like the older that I get, even though I'm only like 24, keep them coming. That's in exactly every how I way. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> in every, every way. Um, so what do you think has been the most memorable part of your journey? Um, I think it was when I started and uh, I know I, I, I should probably be talking about like the passion <laughs> behind it, but I think it really truly was like when I did start hitting my salary, right? And like back to your question, like do I believe it's, it's possible to actually make a lot more than I made in my salary? Oh, 100%. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. And I think like there's no ceiling, right? Annually, if you work in corporate, in an office, even if you have a great salary, you might be looking at like, let's say 2% increase every year over year, right? Your bonuses might be a little bit prettier than that. But at the end of the day, there is a little bit of a ceiling. With entrepreneurship, you can scale the way you need to. And I love the fact that I'm building something myself. So I think um, kind of like the milestone was when I started recording my profits and my expenses. And I started realizing I had made more than I would have made in my salary. And I was like, whoa, you know, like, I the numbers don't think. lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And the funny thing is, I used to be so afraid of writing. Like every time I'd have an expense, I'd be like, maybe I'll leave this one out of the book. <laughs> but like I would like, you know, obviously jump to go write my profits in there. But then also like I'd be like in the back of my head, I'd be like, "Ooh, is this going to add up to a number I like or don't like? So it was kind of like when I think it was like within the first six months when it just started getting up there, I was like, wow, you know, I can do this. This is sustainable. And it was just one of those things that validated me. And it was one of those things that I was like, this is something that I can continue to do. And I love it. And then also another one would be, I guess, when I did hit my first triple digit, triple digit art sale. Yeah. Ooh, I know. <laughs> this is inspiring. No, it's incredible. Like, okay, tell me the story, please. I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my originals. And then I just... I don't know. I just checked my email one day and I got an email for it. And the person was asking the price and I gave them the price. I think I said something like 1500 or something like that. And it was higher than anything I had sold up until that time. And 
they bought it. <laughs> and to me, I was like, ooh, this is a stretch. <laughs> but they saw the value and they bought it. And I never looked back since then. So my originals have been going for, well, some of them still go for a few hundred dollars. Um, depends on obviously the size, intricacy, that kind of thing. But the majority of my um, original artworks on canvas now do go for in the thousands. And then another one would be when my murals started hitting like higher numbers than that you know and like obviously they're much bigger pieces of art they take a little bit longer but at the same time like you know it's it's such a special feeling to know like I made like five thousand dollars off of this thing or I made you know three thousand dollars off of that thing it's just it's incredible <laughs> it's I'm 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 smiling and I'm just like <laughs> over the moon because it's like it's incredible once you have something that you've made and people are responding to it mm -hmm. and this and like that little thing in the back of your head the you're never gonna make money off doing yeah. this it's like you're literally like slapping it in its face every single time that that little person in the back of your head is saying it or you get that memory mm -hmm. um it's 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 beautiful and i love it um what mistakes have you made that you're glad that you made and that have brought you here because hmm. we always talk about like okay yeah i did this i did this and what mistakes did you make do you feel like or were the best ones you did to get you where you are right now uh so right out of university I so some t while I was in university at some point I won a marketing grant so I um it was eight thousand dollars to start a business with a partner and uh we were too young for the money <laughs> we were straight up too young for the money <laughs> uh bought like a DSLR like took some of the money like for a trip like just like so much nonsense like <laughs> do you still have the DSLR yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Then, you know, just so we're calling it an investment day. Eh? You know, <laughs> it's an expensive fucking camera. <laughs> but basically, I never actually took the resources uh, resources that were given to me and made it a business. And that's because, in hindsight, I didn't have the information to do so. Right. And I think it's really important to recognize those personal limitations. That wasn't in my grasp back back then. I needed to learn so much more. I needed needed to be so much more business savvy. And at that point, when I was like. Um, like 17 or 18 when I won this grant, at that point, I was 100% about like, quote unquote, like the art and the craft and not at all about the business, right? So because I wasn't able to make anything of that business, I think that was one of the biggest, biggest mistakes I made that turned out to be one of the best because it really opened my eyes. Like, okay, congratulations, you have like, you have the balls to, <laughs> to have done that, but you actually weren't able to make a successful business and it's because you're lacking a few things. So that's when I went back to the drawing board and that's when I got really big into self-development. So I would like read a book a week. I would listen to a podcast every single day and I would just be so interested in anybody who made any size of a business work, whether it's a small business and it's a bakery or it's Amazon. Like I would want to know everybody's <laughs> story. <laughs> and yeah, that that mistake of not being able to make that work and not like obviously spending the money right or taking they had so many other resources as well, like educational as well that I didn't take up at that time. And I think like when you're a little younger as well, like you're like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll skip that seminar. <laughs> you're not but thinking, it, oh, these are all the things that are going to help me get to whatever, you know, exactly. like you're 17 and 18. I like, you know what? Honestly, I just don't think at that age, sometimes you're supposed to have all that stuff figured out. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're supposed to like 
do you know make shitty mistakes this and that blah blah blah, and then eventually be like okay that mistake that i did at like 17 18 Mm -hmm. is now an incredible reflection to what i am in my 20s you know what i mean exactly but you also have to be like when you make the mistake you have to recognize a that you've made the mistake and b you have to put effort into changing it into a positive amen right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm in church right now like amen um so what are you so as a brown girl, mm-hmm. what do you like, do you feel like there's any like pushback with who you currently are, like what you do right now? Um, are there a lot of women that look like you in your um, community of like mm-hmm. doing artwork? And what are you the most proud of being a brown girl and doing what you do? Um, I think representation is so amazing and it's so necessary in today's world. Um, or all the worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but more now, more now so than ever, okay? At the same time, we do have more rep- representation now than ever, but uh, like also the platform is bigger, especially because of the digital age, right? You can reach so many people. Like I get I get emails from parents being like, hey, should I like, my daughter like loves what you do. I always show her on Instagram. Like she's thinking about going to art school or like she's thinking about taking a course. What are your thoughts? And I love that kind of thing because even though I might not always have the right answers, but I can definitely direct them to somebody who might. And the fact that the parents care so much, <laughs> I love it. Like I love it. I was never allowed to take an art class or any of that. Like about to like... When I was growing up, was like, oh, like what, what decadence? Come on, be real. Like, <laughs> you want to be creative? <laughs> you, that's what you want to do? No, it's yeah. not happening. Um, so I guess what I'm most proud of is like, for example, uh, a few weeks ago, I did an artist talk at Lodlia, which Ooh, is okay. a nonprofit for South Asian girls, um, and just to see a room full of young girls who are at a point, I think they were somewhere between, let's say, fifteen all these girls were deciding what do they want to do at school what do they want to do with their career do they want to follow their dreams um you know what directions are their dreams taking them in so all these girls like to hear their questions and to be able to answer them in a way that was authentic that's what i am most proud of and it took some time for me to own my story but now that i am i think it helps people and i don't even want to take that much credit for it like i feel like it really is just about being honest. So anybody can be honest, but at the same time, like if you're vocal about it and if you do have those opportunities, even if you're afraid of public speaking or whatever it is, try to step up, try to be there because I feel like if somebody had delivered the things that I'm now able to say to me, I would feel so much more optimistic about the future because when I was working in corporate, when I was doing something different in school, I remember thinking to myself all the time, like, is this all life is about? You know, like, is this all what we're supposed to settle for? It didn't feel right to me. But I, at the same time, I didn't hear any voices saying anything different. So to be able to deliver that other message is what I'm proud of. Yeah, I think, you know, at a young age, it's so important, especially if you're just like a woman of color to hear from another woman of mm-hmm. color. Listen, I did it. I've been through it. You can do it, too. But, you know, hey it's it's not always going to be this like smooth journey the way that like some things are mm-hmm. um but i think 
opportunity for you to come in and speak to them, especially young, especially like 15, 20. Yeah. I feel like 15 through 20, even I'm going to push it back and say even like 13, 20. Yeah. I feel like from that, you're in this weird limbo of like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to feel? Yeah. I want to do all these things, but maybe my parents are telling me no, or maybe my friends are telling me something else. Or if you have a boyfriend at that time or a girlfriend, <laughs> somebody's telling you that. So it's refreshing to hear from somebody who's been successful and isn't trying to put off like I'm better. Like, no, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm humble. This is what I do. I love it. Um, and this is how you can also be successful from doing it too. And there's also the validation of knowing somebody else has gone through the same cultural hurdles as will be approaching you if you choose a similar path, right? And it's not, not everybody goes through the same cultural hurdles, but at the same time, there are definitely some uh, some patterns, like, you know, the overbearing parents, <laughs> the overly concerned neighbors, <laughs> etc. right? Like, and to be able to address those things in a very honest way and say, hey, you're not always going to have the grace to be able to navigate yourselves the best that you can in those situations when you're in sticky situations and people are, let's say, confronting you about your life choices, they don't agree with you. Um, Especially if you're your parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, like mm -hmm. they... Uh, you live in their house. They pay for everything for you at the time. Like it's they're, they're these things that they didn't get to do when they were younger because all the other struggles that they were dealing with and they put that onto you. Mm -hmm. And so there's this like pressure, you know what I mean? Like I remember being pressured as a kid, like my, I wanting to do broadcast journalism and my aunt saying like, no, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to make any money off of it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you do it. That so, is a projection of that person's it is. personal limitations, right? You know what? Like, and it's funny, like just, uh, just when I went to Vegas for a happy place to paint some murals over there, um, <laughs> my grandparents told me <laughs> that I shouldn't be doing stuff. I was like, first of all, like, you know, this is like my fifth or my sixth art, like work trip, first of all. And I'm grown. <laughs> yeah, Hello. I'm, second of all, yeah, I'm 27 years old. <laughs> and you're still trying you know, to dictate me. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, they weren't like dictating. It was like more of a suggestion. But it's funny. Like, it was like, it's a suggestion that I want you to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like one of yeah. those. And it's like, I see it's coming from a place of fear from them. They're probably like, oh, you know, like you're traveling. Like, you know, do you know the client that well? You're like traveling for them. Where are you going to stay? What are you going to eat? Like, they just don't understand. Like, we have so many privileges today. Like, I I'm, I'm well-traveled. I will know how to navigate myself. I'm going to be okay. But it's fear from them. And it is coming with the best of intentions. Yeah. No, it's it's great. You know, it's nice. It's it's good because like they're your family. Mm -hmm. They want the best for you. But you know, sometimes it's like, hey, you know, I, uh, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just a sense of humor. Of it, yeah, right? like, I was like, I was a little upset at the beginning. I was like, really, like, really, like, where did this come from? Do you not trust me? Like, do you not trust <laughs> that secondly, I've been? It's kind of funny. Like, I am a grown woman. Yeah. <laughs> you're twenty. You're tw Can I say your age? Twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven. <laughs> you know, I'm have my own shit. Like. Like, you know, I live in my own house, live in my, my own, own house. Food. I have two pairs of socks that match. <laughs> like, let me do my thing. Grandparents, man, <laughs> come on. Um, so what are you working on now? What can we expect from you? Like, what what is Jasmine doing now? Uh, so I'm going to Philly. Philly? Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Philly to paint some more murals there. And uh, prior to that, I'm going to have a art show at the Brampton Library. And it's for Culture Days. So Culture Days is happening across Canada, and I believe they're taking various creatives, artists, which is amazing. And they're I saw you putting up like them. certain artwork. Were you putting up 
artwork in the Brampton Library? Yeah, I had an okay. exhibition there a little yes. while ago, and that's where I got in touch with, you know, they were like, oh, we'd love to have you back. So I'll be doing culture days for them, which is so cool. Um, and it's going to be a free event. I'll be basically showcasing my artwork, but also doing a little bit of a workshop. So and I, I love working with the public. So that's going to be really fun. Um, I have some other private appointments coming up. I'm working on the cover of a novel which will be a uh, first time so it should what be really of, what, exciting. what kind of novel are we it's, talking about uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a romance novel actually ah, <laughs> i love romance oh do you i'll have yes. to get you a copy please <laughs> i love romance it's ridiculous but like it's so good <laughs> yeah so that should be a really fun commission as well um and then between that, I, I take a lot of home appointments for the temporary uh, tattoos. I do tattoo design as well. Like, I love keeping myself busy, and that's why I love having so many different avenues of art. Um, I think I have another, like, custom shoes order coming up. But, again, like, murals are my biggest thing. And then, oh, yeah, and then I have um, some other personal murals. Uh, I think, like, um, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Nine-year-old's getting a Raptors logo above her bed. Um, and the four-year-old's getting a unicorn above her bed. <laughs> this is so cool. How do I you, love the variety. I love how it. Do you, like, how, do you, how are you able to like do so many? Like, Is it the same people? Is it word of mouth? Like, How are you able to do so many different aspects of your art? Like, yeah, you know so, what I mean? So the way I have found worked best for my own branding was to just try to make myself synonymous with art. So... I already like it kind of organically happened that way as well. I have an interest in so many different types of arts. Um, I was already putting out, I was already doing tattoo design for people. I was already working with Inkbox. I was already doing murals. And basically like there came a point where I was like, all right, from a branding and marketing perspective, I can either break these up and market them as let's say five different things. Or I can say, I do all of these things. Um, and that's the route that I went. So just kind of naturally by saying like, I do all of these things. Now people do reach out to me for random things like novel book uh, covers, which I think is so cool. So I'm able to do like all of these really neat projects because people are like, yeah, she just does art. Instead of saying like, for example, oh yeah, she specifically works on 8.5 by 11 inch paper and she does ball pen, black and white drawings. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading something that you said you don't want to like ever be labeled as like a tattoo artist or something like that. I don't like... want to be labeled as anything. I right. just, I want to create cool things cool thing. i love that <laughs> just, just keep just that it open up. that just open i want to create cool things or just i create cool things there Hit you me go up. there you go yeah i well maybe we need the word art in there somewhere of course <laughs> a little you yeah. know a little arrow like i do not sing i do not dance no nope. <laughs> nope. i just i do my art okay <laughs> like there's no more to that no i think it's incredible i think it's so dope that you decided and said to yourself i'm gonna do all these things and let people come to me yeah and instead Instead of me just being because I feel like some, sometimes that happens like we they always tell you find a niche but yeah, sometimes see, like no yeah, <laughs> cut me Not off yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah no especially when it comes to art like to only say you do like art on like sneakers mm -hmm. I get it I think I think people who do that is an incredible gig. But like, what if somebody wants like that art on like a bag or like on a chair or like on, I don't know, in their house? Like yeah. you should be able to like do that. You know what I mean? And not say, no, I only do. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I do appreciate and there are people who have taken one thing and they've marketed it so well that they are basically like when you think of that thing, whether you're a huge company or you're an individual, you immediately think of that artist, right?
millions on millions on millions. But another way of doing it, and I do like, um, maybe this has already come across, but I love my lifestyle. Like <laughs> that's that's big for me. Money is big for me. Lifestyle is big for me. I want to be able to travel. I do travel. Like all of these things. Like I feel like I want to live a life where I'm not just hustling 24 seven. And I am at a point now where I do have such a good base of clients and I do have such a variety in the things that I do that even let's say if the economy changed and there wasn't such a demand for one area, I could just shift a little bit as opposed to reworking my entire business model. So I do like that flexibility as well. But again, you need to find what works for you. This happens to work for me really well. It's incredible. You have literally mastered like the game. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like five years from now, I'm probably going to be like, scratch that. Scratch it all. <laughs> Cut this podcast <laughs> off. Forget what I even said. <laughs> Done. No, I'll own it. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that, that worked then. This is me now. <laughs> Which is, I think if you can say to yourself, okay, yeah, I was super passionate about this one thing at this mm-hmm. point in my life, but now I'm super passionate about something else. I think it shows, not that you're like all over the place. It just shows that as an individual, you're going to grow. Who yeah. knows? year from now two years from now five ten years from now what your life is going to look like and I, I would hate to know that I would yeah. hate to know that I like I have a zest for life see how life unfolds you know and like I'm totally open for all of the miracles coming my way universe so <laughs> I love it um so you said the best thing you've ever created is the art show podcast talk to me about it um <laughs> <laughs> see did I say that yes yes these are direct quotes <laughs> No, you know what? I'm so glad I did this. Um, I did create it. and I only make that joke because like we were talking about, I did take a little bit of a break from it. Um, Not for any other reason other than things got so busy in the best way possible. But at the same time, I'm just one person and Jasmine is booked and busy, y'all. She needs help. She needs an assistant. Come on. Oh, no, I even have a podcast editor. (laughs) I have the help too. (laughs) But you know what? Like, it comes down to you do only have a certain amount of mental bandwidth and you need to know how you're going to allocate it, right? So I've been allocating it in a few different ways recently, but I will be getting back onto the podcast this fall, aka, you know, any day now. <laughs> um, but the reason I've been so passionate about it and the reason why I think it's so amazing is because, especially as somebody who did not do art in school, it has been so hard to find some pretty basic information on the art industry. And I don't know if there are gatekeepers out there. I don't know if there are people like professionals who are a little reluctant to share, quote unquote, their secrets or whatever it is. But Which I, I think it's dumb. That. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, ask me a question. I'll answer it. You know, like, I'm not threatened by anybody, not because of false arrogance or anything like that, but just because I feel like there's a place for all of us, you know, and if you're aligned with who you are, you will find your place, period. Um, but I just I love the fact that I was able to, I love the fact that I was able to create a free resource for people. And I remember back when I was struggling to find a lot of information. So to be able to provide that to others, I'm just glad to be a part of it. You know, you amaze me in every <laughs> way, shape and the form. And this has been an amazing talk. And thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Um, last but a timbit before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to say to all the young brown girls that are listening? My older, younger, middle-aged, anything, you name it. What do you want them to take away? I think everybody's personal power is vested in 
becoming the best versions of themselves. And a lot of times when you take that path to be the best possible version of yourself, it is going to be super ambitious and it's going to be a really winding road. Not everybody's going to support you on that. And unfortunately, that includes your friends and family. Have the guts to do it anyway, because you will serve the world a hundred times better, including those people, if you become the best person that you can possibly be. So if you have some crazy idea or if you're not feeling fulfilled where you are and you feel like you're going to be stepping on some toes or people aren't going to agree with your decisions, ultimately those people will come around, but you're... Like when you're a happy person, when you're fulfilled, when you're excited in the morning, everybody and everything is better for it.